As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This is the Phillies Talk Podcast, presented by Team Toyota. I'm Corey Seidman, and I'm joined by Jim Salisbury here on a Tuesday. And it's a, a little bit of news for the Phillies on Monday. Archie Bradley, their newest reliever, was introduced. It was an opportunity to uh, talk to Dave Dombrowski and Sam Fold and Joe Girardi. So there are numerous topics that came out of it that we're going to address today. But Jim, let's start with Archie Bradley. Uh, what did you make of uh, his introduction? You're, you're, you're speaking with him. And I mean, the topic on everybody's mind is, is he going to be the closer? Yeah, um, that is the topic on everybody's mind. Uh, and it has been really since um, who will be the closer has been a question we've been wondering about really since last year because it just – Hector Neris, um, though I think he can be valuable in a bullpen, it just seems like too inconsistent to be the closer. Um, and, uh, you know, all fall long uh, in coming into the offseason, we were saying they need to do something at the closer position. And, you know, Archie, Archie Bradley has all the ingredients to get a look in that role. Uh, I would imagine he's probably going to be the guy, you know, when opening day rolls around and bullpen door swings open. Certainly the Phillies official website thinks he's going to be the closer because in the, on the depth chart of the uh, official Phillies website at phillies.com, uh, he is listed first among the relievers with a CL next to his name. So uh, they project him as the closer. I think deep down inside, Joe Girardi's thinking he's the closer. Uh, Dave Dombrowski made it very clear when he was hired in December that he likes a lockdown closer. Uh, Archie Bradley has some experience as a closer, uh, a wealth of experience at the end of games. I think he can deal with that anxiety. He moved to the bullpen in 2017, and it really seems to agree with him. Seems to have developed a persona you know with the big bushy beard and it seems like he really likes to compete and he's got a lot of personality as we learned in that zoom call yesterday you know showed up with a rick flair uh sweatshirt on and uh he was all pumped up about being a philly a lot of enthusiasm and i think you gotta like that so um he didn't want to come out and talk about his role because i think he on the first day he wanted to kind of put a different foot forward. He wanted to talk about uh, the teammate that he thought he could be. He wanted to talk about the team they thought they could have and, um, you know, making a run at, at a playoff berth. And he wanted to talk about just contributing in any way he, he can. Uh, but I think when push comes to shove, they're going to look at him in a closers role in Clearwater, and it would not surprise me. Uh, matter of fact, you know, I'd kind of be surprised if he's not the guy because I think at $6 million, he um, he's their big kind of – Big paycheck in the bullpen this winter. I don't. I, I do see them adding more relief help. I don't. I think he's their biggest bullet, uh, financial bullet. Um, so I don't see them, you know, going out and getting somebody else um, a high price closer. So um, I think he could be the guy. Um, and um, you know, w- w- you know, we'll see. Look, I think he he certainly improves the bullpen. They've added some pretty good ingredients in Coonrod and Alvarado. We've talked about it a number of times. Both those guys have uh, have fine print. 
Um, but, you know, you bring back Neris, you bring back a guy, Connor Brogdon, who we both like, uh, JoJo. Ranger Suarez is going to be in the mix somewhere, maybe at the back end of the rotation, maybe in the bullpen. Uh, you can't lose sight of the fact that, that, yes, that bullpen was awful last year. It was hard to watch. It was, it was awful. It's the reason they didn't make the playoffs. It's the reason Dave Dombrowski's here. It's the reason ownership blew up the front office. But it was just 60 games, and we know that bullpens can be up and down, up and down. They could have easily had a 60-game stretch where they were mediocre or even maybe a little above mediocre. So um, I think the bullpen can be better in uh, 2021. Uh, with the people they, they, they've added. And it looks like – I firmly believe they'll, they'll continue to tinker around the edges of both the rotation mm-hmm. and the bullpen. And I apologize for being so damn long-winded. No, it's good info, Jim. I mean, what I'll say is, you know, yes, the Phillies need a closer. However, they also struggled in the eighth inning last year. They had a 4-6-7 ERA in the eighth inning. They had an ERA over seven – or rather, a 5.30 in the seventh inning. So – the back end of the bullpen was a problem either way, whether it was the seventh, eighth, or ninth. Getting Bradley, if he pitches the ninth, would slot Hector Neris probably back to the eighth, so it improves you there theoretically. They just need these guys to pitch well. But from Bradley's perspective, from the perspective of Bradley, rather, the one-year deal you have to love, right? Because now he has to go prove himself again if he wants a multi-year deal after this season. I absolutely love one-year deals. Um, you know, it always keeps the player on edge. And when I say that, I'm talking about good edge. You know, you're always sharp. You're always auditioning for someone. Um, and you want to perform well for yourself and for your team in, in real time. But there's always that carrot out in front of you. So he should be motivated to have a big year, whether he's in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. I agree with you. You can slot nearest back to maybe a less pressurized role, but we all know sometimes the save is in the seventh inning. Sometimes the save is in the eighth inning. Sometimes the hardest three outs in the game are in those innings. So he's still going to have to deal with uh, high leverage, with the anxiety that comes with it, and handle it. Um, He's had some good stretches in a Phillies uniform. Uh, He's had some down stretches. So Hector needs to kind of get on a good roll. They need a lot of good things to happen out there. Uh, Guys need to perform well, and that's what it comes down to, right? Uh, They need to stay healthy. They need to perform well. I think there's a lot of – uh, momentum involved in the bullpen. I think when guys are successful, they can feed off each other and it becomes a team within a team. So um, I'm interested to see how it all comes together. But I think Bradley, I think they're better with Bradley. Uh, I think they could be better with Alvarado if he's healthy. And uh, go out and get, you know, one more. Stay in contention. Stay in contention. Hey, you know, stay playoff relevant for, for three months keep a little room in your payroll and and then go out and try to make a good trade and see where it takes you. That's how I would approach things. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, Archie Bradley ingratiated himself quickly to this fan base by campaigning for JT Real Muto in the first few days of uh, his being a Philly. He did it yesterday on Twitter. Um, what did you make of that? I mean, do you think it's just a guy having fun here? Or like from, like from the Phillies point of view, do you think they appreciate that? Do you think they cared? What do you think? Well, Dombrowski actually, Dave Dombrowski was asked about that, if it puts pressure on him. I mean, we know last summer Harper was very vocal. And, and, you know, Dombrowski said the right things. It doesn't put pressure on him. 
And he said, you know, we're, we're like-minded here. We both, you know, both sides, the players and management wants JT back. Um, you know, I, for us, you know, I think it's okay to, to stand up and say, yeah, I really like my team, my teammate back. He's a great, he's a great fit here. He does great things for us. Um, I think it crosses the line a little bit when it becomes a spectacle, when it becomes a story unto itself, when it's more organic, I don't have a real problem with it. Um, because, you know, John Middleton is the managing partner, a very accessible guy. You know, if you want to state your case in politic for JT Real Muto, um, I don't think you have to make a spectacle of it. I think you can call him and tell him, here's what JT does on the field, here's what JT does in, in the clubhouse. So I think you can, you can approach it that way, uh, especially with this team where, where the owner is, is visible, uh, where the owner is accessible. Um, so, but I didn't have a problem with what Archie Bradley did yesterday. I mean, they're, they're homeboys from um, Oklahoma. They know each other. Um, and he, he, you know, he flat out said he, he's really looking forward to, to throwing to him. And I also think we've, we've reached a state where, uh, a stage, I should say, in the pursuit of JT Real Muto, where um, I'm feeling like it's in the home stretch. I'm feeling like all roads lead back to Philadelphia. And uh, it, I don't think uh, anybody's really sticking their neck out by saying, you know, sign JT. I mean, they want him. Uh, and I don't blame him. He's a really, really good player um, in so many facets, right? Behind the plate, at the plate, base running, clubhouse. And uh, it feels like um, that he's going to be a Philly again. I mean, I don't think he can say it's slam dunk, but it certainly feels that way. Yeah, I was just going to say there's a sense of inevitability around here right now. Um, like you said, it's not 100% to happen, but who else would sign JT Real Muto at this point to the money that he wants? There's, you know, especially if the Blue Jays end up with George Springer, as is, has been rumored, they've been connected to him all offseason, and there are reports that Springer could sign uh, at some point this week. But, you know, the landing spots have filled up. There are not many backup plans available to the Phillies in free agency if they don't get JT Real Muto. And I just wonder if another team's going to come in and beat an offer of $100-plus million. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you on that. Um, we've we talked about this recently, uh, all the potential landing spots that seem to be drying up. And, um, you know, related to that, so many other catching options that the Phillies might pursue are going elsewhere. You know, Suzuki, um, help me out, James McCann, um, uh, uh, Mike Zunino, uh, so many of the other guys that they might have paired with uh, Nash. Valley. Yeah, uh, Casale, yeah, which I thought made a lot of sense. All those guys have moved on, so there does seem to be a sense of ine inevitability here. Uh, but Dombrowski said they have a plan B, C, and D, and you know what? You have to. You're, you're derelict in your duties as a front office man if you don't have contingencies. Um, but they're on the free agent market, they're going away. Um, hey, could, could Contreras still be traded by the Cubs? You know, I know – Jed Hoyer, their GM, uh, sort of shot that down. But the general feeling around baseball is he can be had and he might be on the move. Um, sure, the Phillies would, would look at something like that if, if it came across their plate, whether or not they have the prospects to do anything, you know, uh, who knows. Um, Cleveland might be emptying the cupboard. Another guy, Roberto Perez, he's won gold gloves. He played in the World Series. Outstanding defender, doesn't hit much. I'm sure he could be had in a trade. So maybe those are plans B, C, or, you know, in, in some uh, order. Um, and then there's still a couple remaining guys on the free agent market. Um, Tyler Flowers. Is Jason Castro still out there? He is, yeah. Uh, so, 
We'll see, but you know they're all drop offs when it's compared to JT Real Muto, and I just feel like so many things have lined up in the Phillies' favor that um, it just feels like it's going to happen, and it also feels like Didi could happen. Um, right. I was just going to ask you about Didi. Do you think that the Phillies are like waiting for some sort of resolution with JT before moving forward with Didi, or if they, you know, found the number that makes sense for both sides, that they would act on that first while this Real Muto situation remains unresolved? I don't think they're waiting. Um, I think if one of them said, I'm ready, let's do something, they would jump on it. I don't think signing one precludes the other. I still think both could come back, and I don't think it matters who signs first. I think they have interest in signing um, both guys. Um, so um, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, I'm, 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 I feel like both could happen. So uh, if DD calls him back and says, yeah, I'll take that offer, um, he could happen first. All month long, NBC Sports Philadelphia presents Headstrong, Men's Health and Sports Headstrong, a series about men's health told through powerful stories involving the athletes we love. Learn more on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com slash Headstrong. I was looking through the league. It's pretty funny. So the tone of this whole Phillies offseason has been very negative, you know, and understandably so. The Phillies were not expected to do a lot of damage this offseason, and the market has kind of crept back to them with their two most important free agents, Real Muto and Gregorius. But if the Phillies end up re-signing JT, they'll have spent more this offseason than like 25 other teams, you know? Yeah. And it'll be the third straight offseason that they would have spent a ton of money. So, look, I understand it. They haven't made the playoffs in a long time, but they continue to try to do what needs to be done to get over that hump. It does feel like the tone of the offseason, though, is changing in the last two weeks. Um, I think last week we initially started talking about the possibility, the strong possibility of them getting both Real Muto and Gregorius back. Um, there was a tone of pessimism early in the offseason because revenues were down, uh, because ownership was on record as saying that, you know, what they spend in 2021 was going to be dictated by, you know, revenues and would fans be back in the stands. And now we don't even know if fans will be back in the stands. But uh, there does seem to be just a little uptick, and it feels like things are a little more optimistic, and it comes down to the fact that they could have JT back. They could have uh, DD back. That'll give them an offense. That'll give them a lineup. They went out, and they actually did sign a difference-making reliever, and I think in both of our opinions, right? They might actually do a little bit more in the rotation. Uh, they might do a little bit more in the bullpen. I think if they add somebody at the back end of the rotation, um, you know, maybe – for the third or fourth time, Vinny Velasquez gets a shot in the bullpen. Maybe this is the time he embraces it. Certainly has the the arm to do it. Um, but it, you know, and when Dombrowski came aboard a month ago, we were hearing terms like, you know, it's, you know, it's a transition year, and we were even hearing that previous to him coming on board. Um, you know, yesterday I actually asked him about that word and if he felt like things were shaping up with this off season where it could be more than a transition year in 2021. And he flat out says, you know, we're here to win and we're going to try to win. And, and that's good to hear. And I'm not saying they're any better than a fourth place team, but you bring back real Muto, you bring back Gregorius, you add Archie Bradley, um, add some pitching depth. And, you know, maybe the gap between first place and fourth place isn't that big. And if you stay playoff relevant and have a big run, you can, you know, you can, you, can, you can at least be interesting and maybe have a shot at a wild card and make this an interesting baseball season and an interesting summer. And if you stay close, the trade deadline becomes even more. It's just make, it, make a different, difference-making trade. Um, it just feels like the tone of the offseason 
is a little more um, buoyant, optimistic, and um, and that's a good thing, right? Because as you said, a lot of losing seasons have stacked up here, and um, you know they haven't been to the playoffs since 2011. That's hard to I mean, second. That's the longest drought in the National League, second longest in the majors. And, um, you know, when you're that top-heavy on your roster with a Harper and that big salary with those three starting good starting pitchers you have, um, if you bring back Real Mudo on a big expenditure, you got to play in October. got to play in October. Jim, Joe Girardi made a comment uh, Monday that he spoke to Archie Bradley three weeks ago. I think it was when you asked about the role – and he said that when he spoke to Archie Bradley three weeks ago, that Bradley said the same thing. He didn't care about the role. Do you think that the Phillies felt good about this signing earlier in the month, or did this just come together quickly in the last couple of days? I mean, I would think that if Joe Girardi was talking to the guy three weeks ago, that you know they probably uh, had a lot of interest at that point and were trying to get something done. Well, Bradley said they, they, they had a lot of interest from the get-go. He became a free agent on, what, December 2nd? So, I mean, I can't, I mean I'm not a good mathematician, so three weeks takes us into December – so obviously they were pursuing him strongly. Um, you know, he uh, and Bradley admitted that it sounds like he was there, the Phillies first choice. Um, it makes sense. I think we both thought that the Phillies weren't going to do business at the top of the closer market. I'm talking Hendricks. I'm talking Colome. I'm talking hand. Um, probably missing some other people. I'm sorry. Trinan. Blake Trinan was at the top. Yeah. Yeah. He, he went, he signed. Um, so, if Archie Bradley kind of lives on the second tier of the free agent relief market, uh, it's still a pretty good second tier, pretty, pretty strong, pretty strong get on their part. And obviously they were, they were um, um, very um, diligent in their pursuit, contacting him early. Joe talked to him three weeks ago. That's all part of the recruiting process. And we mentioned the one year deal and, um, how much we like one-year deals and any athlete pro athlete worth worth his salt uh, has to be really motivated um, by that and not be daunted by that because you can go out and deliver and get yourself a a big deal and uh, maybe next year the closer market won't be as um, robust with talent and you're going to find yourself on that top tier and make a lot of money so um just a lot of things to like about the signing. Jim, what's the latest on Odubel Herrera? He's kind of just disappeared from the conversation around this team, but you got an update on him earlier this week. Dabrowski was asked um, if Odubel would get a shot to come to big league camp and um, compete for a job on the big league team. Um, he's still in the organization, as we know. He was removed from the 40-man roster a year ago slated to play in the minor leagues with the organization last year. They're still paying him. They're going to pay him upward or more than $10 million in 2021. Um, and, um, you know, he served his suspension. Uh, it comes down to now a moral and a philosophical debate about whether to give him a second chance. And the organization is currently having that debate. Uh, there are people in the organization who believe that he, you know, he served his punishment and, um, uh, still in the organization, and you know, you know, by terms of the uh, agreement with uh, the union and MLB, you know, should be given a shot to to win a job. Uh, there could be res some resistance in, in other circles, um, most notably the clubhouse. I have talked to some players who say if he's contrite, uh, does the right thing, and, and 
and you know acts like a pro and a good person they would they would be fine with him coming back there are other players um that i have spoken with not recently but last spring when this was a bigger issue who said they would have some misgivings um but you know it just comes down to are you willing to give the guy a second chance i mean in new york um domingo herman is going to get a second chance he was um suspended um, for violating the uh, domestic uh, violence policy in MLB. Um, so it's something, you know, we're going to continue to watch here um, as the days tick down to spring training, whether Odubel's going to come to camp, whether he can win a job. If he's on top of his game, I think he can help them. Um, but he hasn't played a lot. You know, he, he didn't, you know, he played a little bit of winter ball. He kind of disappeared from that. I haven't seen his name pop up recently. Um it would not surprise me if he if he is uh, an invite to big league camp. I'm not saying they're going to commit to him on the roster, but it would not surprise me if, um, you know, um, how many months after the incident and after the suspension, many months after the incident, many months after the suspension, that they at least give him a, a chance to come into camp. If you've been looking for a new or certified Toyota, come be part of the team. With inventory arriving daily, we'll help you find a vehicle that works for your lifestyle and budget. We'll continue to ensure that your next buying experience is as safe and efficient as possible. Our service center is open with easy online scheduling and a quick, clean process to get you back on the road safely. So head to teamtoyota.net and be safe, be strong, be a team. On the topic of second chances, uh, who knows if um, Jared Porter is going to get another chance in baseball after what broke Late Monday night, an ESPN report that the recently hired Mets general manager had sent these explicit and unsolicited text messages to a female reporter with ESPN in 2016 when Porter worked with the Cubs. The details are extremely troubling. I mean, dozens and dozens of texts in a row, uh, some of them including pictures that you should not be sending anybody unsolicited. Um, between Jared Porter and then you remember what happened with the Astros uh, executive Brandon Taubman a few years ago in the Astros clubhouse, this is not a good look around. I mean, it's not that baseball is the only place where this is happening. You can never underestimate the, I guess, like the creepiness factor for these guys in power who feel untouchable. But that was just, I mean, a, a bombshell, obviously. And it, yeah. it definitely changes what had been a dream offseason to this point for the Mets. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, these things happen in baseball. I remind you that baseball is a subsection of society. I mean, you know, who knows what other people in positions of power uh, do. Uh, but that's the big area where you cross the line. You're in, a, you're in a position of power and you cross the line of common decency. And the Mets made a swift choice to uh, move on from him just a month after they, they hired him. And uh, it's a shame. But you got to be accountable for your um, for your actions, and that was uh, um, those were repulsive um, actions. And um, I would imagine, you know, the Mets had Sandy Alderson leading the baseball ops. He's still leading the baseball ops. I mean, you're talking about a straight arrow. Um, I would imagine he'll just run the baseball ops. And um, but you know, Porter was a guy who you know worked his way up with a number of organizations, and it's gone. It's all gone with, with, um, with, I'd like to say a moment of stupidity, but sending 60 texts, uh, um, lewd texts to someone is, is more than a moment of stupidity. It's repeated stupidity. And uh, Steve Cohen, the new, um, new uh, sheriff in town, 
he um, got rid of them quick. Well, Jim, moving back to the field, uh, you talked about the Phillies potentially being a fourth-place team, but what's the difference between first and fourth if you can narrow that gap, if you can stay in contention? Well, the NL East continues to add. The Nationals signed John Lester on Monday, and the Mets were part of a three-team trade that involved the Padres and Pirates, where the Mets ended up with Joey Lucchese from the Padres. i got to be honest, I've always kind of liked Joey Lucchese. Funky, lefty, um, the results haven't been there, but to me that's the kind of guy you take a chance on. And the Mets just continue to make additions like that. Um, Francisco Lindor, obviously, the week before. The Nationals, I'm not as sold on. They, they still have holes. I mean, you still, they're still heavily reliant on the Scherzer-Strasburg uh, duo, and you don't know what to expect from Strasburg coming back from injury and Scherzer off of a slightly down year. But the NL East continues to add. And you look at the NL Central, all these good players are being traded away or signed away. Um, <laughs> and I'll be curious to see how these teams play head-to-head, like when the, the Central faces the East or when the Central faces the West, if they get dominated. But, yeah, the Phillies are in a position here where they could win in the mid-'80s but there might be three teams in their division who also, you know, win games in the mid to high 80s. Yeah. It, it, look, it comes down to you have to play well. Um, I, I like the Nationals' pickup of Lester. He's not number one anymore, but gives you some innings in that four or five spot. And, and, and he's obviously a total gamer. I mean, we forget he's a cancer survivor and he's going on to do great things. He really was a big, big piece uh, in the Cubs World Series victory, a uh, big piece of them building a, a championship culture over there. Uh, and he's left-handed. I think the Phillies actually could could um, add some starting depth here, and, and lefty would be a good call. And I thought Lester would be a guy to maybe take a look at. Um, Jay Happ's still out there. Paxton is still out there on the left side. Um, who else? Uh I'm sure, um, you know, uh, Annabelle Sanchez is a right-hander. He's going to throw a um, – um, him and Julio Tehran are going to throw a workout for scouts today down in, in Florida. Uh, all those guys, you know, Brett Anderson, um, Cahill, somebody like that um, maybe can come in and give you some innings uh, at the back end. How about you know, Cole Hamels? And Cole Hamels, too. We've – gosh, we've talked about him a million times, but – doesn't sound like he's going to be ready to throw for a while. Um, but he could be a mid-season guy to keep an eye on, you know, like Roger Clemens used to do. So Hamels might, you know, be, have a pretty uh, pretty uh, interesting little plan here. You know, get that shoulder built up, get healthy, and maybe go help a team in the second half in kind of uh, – you know, I don't think he's, he's, he's not in his prime anymore, but I still think he knows how to pitch and knows how to win. Um, so yeah, he'd be a very interesting name to, to keep an eye on, uh, later on, but I still get the vibe. The Phillies are trying to tinker around the edge. Dombrowski sort of alluded to that yesterday, add a little bit more pitching and I don't rule out Rancho Suarez in that rotation, getting a look in, in camp. So you can put Velasquez into the bullpen. and, And I know people are tired of hearing this. I'm tired of saying it, but he's back. He's got an arm. Probably is I can almost I can pretty confidently say finally this is going to be his last year in Philadelphia. Uh, you got to get something out of him in in some role. So, uh, um, uh, Jim, what what about Jose Quintana? He's a lefty. Uh, I, think he's a, I think he's a potential buy low kind of guy because he's coming off of you know he had a down twenty nineteen and only made four starts in twenty twenty, dealt with some injuries. But prior to that, I mean, he was a really consistent 
mid-threes ERA guy with the Chicago White Sox and Cubs. Adam to the list. He's another guy. Those are the type of guys you kind of got to roll the dice and hope they got one more, um, you know, last maybe a half season in them, right? For a million bucks, you take 15 decent starts, give you some innings, take some pressure off people, allow you to use other people in the bullpen because um, it's going to be a different year. You're going to have to protect guys uh, because last year everybody's workload was down. Now you can't just expect guys to pitch 210 innings. I mean, it's going to be – it's going to be a challenge. You're going to need depth. And the, and the good thing is there's a lot of it out there in this free agent market still. There's a lot of guys. Um, Ian Kennedy's out there, more of a, I think, a reliever at this stage. But uh, he's, um, he's bounced between the, the two. Uh, Gio Gonzalez is out there, another lefty, uh, sort of ageless at this point. Uh, seems like he's been around forever. But I, I kind of feel like one of those types might, um, might end up here. Maybe it's on a minor league deal. Uh, kind of a prove it in camp. Maybe it's on a low base, big league deal. Um, the 40 is full, so maybe minor league deal would be attractive. And guys are reluctant to take those kind of deals, but as spring training gets a little closer, um, you know, maybe they will. Well, an eye remains on starting pitching and bullpen help with JT Real Muto and Didi Gregorius potentially also coming back to the Phillies. So many irons in the fire, and we will have all the latest here on the Phillies Talk Podcast. Thanks for listening. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So... Do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.